Hi there, this morning we're going to uh, check out, uh, first of all, Republican leaders attack each other in most bizarre something one hour ago. Put a dry towel in the dryer with wet clothes. Here's why. Why would you put a dry towel in the dryer? I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. So the whole MAGA world is now attacking each other. You've got all these different factions and each side's claiming that they're normal and that the other side is kind of weirdo loser grifters. But the reality is, is that they are that and they have no self-awareness. And so this whole MAGA civil war, if you will, it, it began because the New York Times published a report that Donald Trump and the Trump campaign was going to hire uh, someone named Laura Loomer. And Laura Loomer is a right-wing extremist. She calls herself a white nationalist. She um, posts COVID disinformation. She handcuffed herself to the Twitter office and claimed that Twitter's treatment of her was the same as Nazi concentration camp. I, I can go on and on and on. But she posted a statement saying that out of respect for Trump, I'm not going to comment on my private conversations about whether or not I'd be working for his campaign. And she said that Trump knows I've always been very, very loyal. He likes me very, very much. It's a shame that he's surrounded by some people that would run to a publication like the New York Times that is notorious for attacking him in order to try to cut me at the knees, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene responded to this by saying the following, then I'm going to read you Laura Loomer's response, as well as all these other right-wingers' response. So Marjorie Taylor Greene says, Laura Loomer is mentally unstable and a documented liar. She cannot be trusted. She spent months lying about me and attacking me just because I supported Kevin McCarthy for speaker, and after I had refused to endorse her last election cycle, she loves the alleged FBI informant and weirdo Nick Fuente. She tried to get hired on the Yee, the Kanye campaign, after the infamous Mar-a-Lago dinner, but Kanye West refused to hire her, so now she's running to Trump. Never hire or do business with a liar. Liars are toxic and poisonous to everything they touch. I'll make sure he knows. Marjorie Taylor saying that liars are toxic and poisonous, poisonous with absolutely zero self-awareness and saying Laura Loomer can't be trusted, which is true, but you're Marjorie Taylor Greene, you can't be trusted in anything that you say. So then Laura Loomer responds to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Loomer goes, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the only liar is you, exclamation point. You hired the foreign national who set up dinner at Mar-a-Lago, and you spoke at AFPAC, where you were more than happy to embrace Nick Fuentes, Kanye asked me to work on his campaign, and I said no, because I told him I endorsed Donald Trump, but I support his right to free speech. You are a liar. You have a British foreign national who openly attacks Trump every day, working for you and living in Rome, Georgia. I have the receipts. Um, and then she goes on to say, I have screenshots of you telling me you want me in Congress and that you were going to endorse me. You only changed your mind once you made deals with McCarthy. You are, di you are a disloyal liar and you're working with someone who said he, quote, wanted to make Trump miserable by setting him up at Mar-a-Lago. Here you are on video in case I need to refresh your memory. And here's the video that Laura Loomer uh, posted. Don't just worry about posting on social media because they hate you. <laughs> really, Mark Zuckerberg hates you. Jack hates you. And it's all about Twitter safety, right? 
I mean, Laura knows that. Twitter safety, good gracious. They'd be terrified if she showed back up on Twitter. Now, Ron DeSantis is... Yeah. (laughs) Did y'all... Okay, I gotta tell you a story on Laura. I don't know if any of you know this, but you might know it. When she got kicked off of Twitter, like, permanently banned, this woman, this is... I loved her for this. She went and handcuffed herself to the front door of the Twitter headquarters. That was awesome. You see, that's bravery. And they really, really hated her because she wouldn't back down and stop reporting about one of my colleagues, that that Congressman Gosar. Yeah. There's a woman named Ilhan Omar that Laura exposed. Yeah. Laura let us know she married her brother. Yeah. Yeah. So these, these are the things that we have to do. So here's what I need. I need... I need really great, strong, bold, America first candidates to run. I need to get them elected, and I'm going to be working very hard supporting Laura and supporting other America first candidates all over the country. I need you guys to help me support them, because what's going to happen in 2022 is I'm going to make sure that those articles of impeachment on Joe Biden get pulled out of the Judiciary Committee, and we're going to have a hearing on those. Okay, so then Ali Alexander, another MAGA Republican right-wing weirdo figure, he goes, Marjorie Taylor Greene paid Milo Y $100,000 to ghostwrite her book. Milo is a pederast, a thief, and someone who bragged about working with the FBI over Charlottesville. Milo made several of her congressional staff feel uncomfortable. Milo lived at Marjorie's second home. And then Ali Alexander goes on to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene's post, This is false, Marjorie, and now I'm about to embarrass you. Laura Loomer politely declined an offer to support the Kanye 2024 campaign. She said she supported Trump no matter what. Furthermore, you asked for a meeting with Kanye. We declined it after we fired your consultant, Milo. Talk to Isaiah Wartman about the legality of his purchase, too. Want to get legal? You lie to January 6th families, me, and now this. Stop divorcing the truth. And this right-wing guy, Steve Peters, writes, Between Loomer and Marjorie Taylor Greene, the choice is clear. The one who isn't gargling McCarthy. And then Laura Loomer says, Why is Marjorie Taylor Greene attacking and lying about the person, me, who is doing all of the legwork when it comes to opposition research on Ron DeSantis and organizing rallies in support of Trump, I don't think I've ever seen Marjorie Taylor Greene attack DeSantis publicly. Really makes you wonder. And then Ali Alexander calls for a House ethics complaint to be filed against Marjorie Taylor Greene over hiding payments to Milo Y and using government resources to coordinate campaign activities and payments hidden under Isaiah Wartman's firm also violate ultimate payee FEC regulations. Now what? Now what? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is the Republican Party, y'all. This is who the Republican Party is. Like petulant third grade fascist and no offense to third graders. And so, okay. Let me just show you Laura Loomer, in case you didn't know. Uh, Laura Loomer, she ran for Congress twice, first in Palm Beach, and then she ran in the 11th District, where the villages are located. Um, She lost both times, and when she lost the primaries uh, in the 11th District in Florida, 
she accused her opponent, another Republican, of engaging in fraud and 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 all this and st stealing ballots and stuffing or what about stuffing whatever they say. This is Laura Loomer crying and lying about voting about voter fraud when she lost the primaries to another Republican candidate. Play this clip. We are losing our country because of big tech election interference, and I am pleading with the Republican Party to please start taking this issue seriously, please, because the American people deserve representation, and that's. A, that's why I ran for Congress in 2020. It's why I ran for Congress in 2022. And it's why I'm going to keep fighting for all of you. Here's a photo of Laura Loomer on Nick Fuente's show. Here's Nick Fuente saying that Laura Loomer is her best friend. Here's Laura Loomer, Laura Loomer announcing that uh, she's on Gab, which is the white nationalist-friendly social media platform. Laura Loomer said that she... Um, uh, believes that she is a white nationalist. I'll try to get you the exact terms that she used when she said that she supports white nationalism. She also said President Trump should physically refuse to leave the White House as a form of sit-in protest against voter fraud. Um, she said that she hopes that she got COVID to prove that it's no worse than food poisoning. And she compared COVID to eating a bad fajita. Oh, and then she said, someone asked me, are you pro-white nationalism? And she said, yeah, I'm pro-white nationalism. Here's a post uh, where someone said, over 2,000 migrants have died crossing the Mediterranean so far this year. And Laura Loomer goes, good, here's to another 2,000 more. Um, you know, and then she's competing against what Marjorie Taylor Greene, who says this like she posts photos of herself at the gym, you know, saying, calling Biden, cursing at Biden here. I mean, play play this clip. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of shit. And, and you got Marjorie Taylor Greene. By the way, this is the video of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Nick Fuentes. Play this clip. We are honored, we are humbled and excited to welcome to the stage right now for our first speech, and we'd love to get to know her much better. I think this is going to be the beginning of something great. The representative from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene chasing after uh, survivors of school shootings. Play this clip. Yeah. David, why are you supporting the red flag laws? If there had been, if Scott Peterson, the resource officer at Parkland, had done his job, then Nicholas Cruz wouldn't have killed everybody in your high school, or at least protected them. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our Second Amendment rights? And why are you using kids to get to, as a barrier? Do you not know how to defend your stance? Look, I'm an American citizen. I'm a gun owner. I have a concealed carry permit. I carry a gun with, for protection for myself. And you are using your lobby and the money behind it and the kids to try to take away my Second Amendment rights. You don't have anything to say for yourself? You can't defend your stance? How did you get over 30 appointments with senators? How'd you do that? How did you get major press coverage on this issue? And how did you get kids? Why do you use kids? Why 
my kids. You know, at school, at school zones, were protected by with security guards with guns. There would be no mass shootings at school. You know that? The best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun. But yet you're attacking our Second Amendment. And you have nothing to say. No words. So I'm walking. He's got nothing to say. Sad. He has nothing to say because there really isn't anything to say, you guys. He has nothing to say because he's paid to do this. He has the walkaway march. He's got the um, he's got the women's march, and they're funding all of this. Every town gun USA, they're funding all this stuff. Okay, that was David Hogue right there. David, we saw him inside the Senate building. He had 30, 30 um, appointments where he ran around and got to talk to senators. I got to talk to none, none. He had media coverage all over the place. I had zero. Guess what? I'm a gun owner. I'm an American citizen, and I have nothing. But this guy with his George Soros funding and his major liberal funding has got everything. I want you to think about that. That's where we are. And he's a coward. He can't say one word because he can't defend his state. And folks, this is the modern day Republican Party. And I know large media networks want to normalize it and call them conservative. And as I always say here at the Midas Touch Network, there's... It's not conservative. Can we, can we get back to normalcy? Can we get back to decency? Can we get back to compassion? Look, do I agree with everything Biden says? No. Do I agree with everything the Democrats do? No. But look, they're adults in the room. Like, they're trying to solve problems. They're talking about the issues. They're not in, engaged in this radical extremism weirdoness. Like, they just, they just aren't. What, you're, you, you MAGA Republicans, oh, AOC, she's such a leftist. Why, because she cares about the climate? That makes you a, that makes you, that makes you a radical leftist? Be, because people believe in equality and that you shouldn't treat certain human beings like they're cockroaches? That, that, that's, a, that's a leftist ideal? No, it should be just a human value. Should all Americans, we should objectively support our democracy. We should stand for law and order. We should say insurrectionists are bad. We support free and fair elections. COVID is bad. We need to stop pandemics. We need to protect the health and safety of Americans. We should talk about, hey, we don't support QAnon cults. We don't like QAnon. We should talk about that. We should then talk about jobs and we should talk about the economy and better wages and working conditions and health care and education. We should we talk about those things. I know the MAGA Republicans, oh, you, you're with Kanye and you've got Milo and he lives in your garage and, and I love Trump more than you love Trump. What are you talking about, people? Some crazy, deranged stuff. We're going to call it out here. We're going to keep exposing it. I bet... of so let's see saying why doesn't the why don't the Democrats well an ethics complaint against her for harassing parents of child victims
I saw this from the Midas Touch Network. It's okay. So, um, yeah, it's it's like it would be entertaining, except for there's so crazy and evil. You guys really need to stand the fuck up. Stop putting up with these fucking fascists. Trump legal reckoning. Major update, Georgia. Oops. Acne spot? Banish the blemish with an emergency spot patch from Terology. Now at Target. Three signs of yeast issues in your dog's paws. Number one, their pores smell like corn chips. You see, the scent is often due to the accumulation of yeast between their pores. Number Uh -uh. two, they're licking or biting them. Now, yeast buildup in your dog's paws will often make them itchy, causing your dog to bite or lick. Number three, they're discolored or moist. This is due to the consistent licking, trying to soothe this discomfort. Now, if you spotted one or more of these issues, you need to listen up. Because these are all signs that there's a yeast buildup in your dog's paws. But here's the funny thing. The answer to this frustrating issue isn't located in their paws. No, no, no. The real cause of this is due to a gut that has become overwhelmed with bacteria. You see, when your dog's gut is imbalanced, it creates... This guy's full of shit. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. Well, don't forget about Fawny Willis. Fulton County yeah, prosecutor in go Georgia. Go. I know all the attention has been on Manhattan DA and his getting an indictment and arraigning the president, former president of the United States, Donald Trump, just last week. But Fawny Willis is coming up fast. People may be wondering, where is her indictment and charging decision? She told the chief judge then of the Fulton County Courthouse, that her indictment decision was imminent. That's back in January when the special purpose grand jury, not a grand jury that can actually indict but can only advise the special prosecutor or the prosecutor in this case about potential charges, having heard witness testimony and seen evidence, that got disbanded in January with a report. Many of us have heard about it because the uh, four-person took to the airwaves and told everybody what happened in that room. But remember, we don't know exactly who was recommended to be indicted, recommended to be indicted. And so we've been waiting since January, now now we're in April, for the imminent decision. Two things to keep an eye on. One is, under Georgia's unique body of law, a defendant, a criminal defendant, can request speedy trial and to go to trial as fast as two months from when the grand jury that indicted that person ends their work. There is a grand jury that's a regular grand jury that's been in in process all the way through the end of March in Fulton County, Georgia. No one, including me, thinks that jury was presented evidence concerning Donald Trump for a number of reasons. One, press is all over this. They would see witnesses coming in and out. They would see Fawny Willis's office going in and out. They would quickly put two and two together. And even though there are secrecy protections around the grand jury process, they would sort of get a hint that the grand jury was considering Donald Trump. I mean, there are 18 separate targets we know in the Fulton County investigation, including the fake electors that were used, the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, Donald Trump, Lindsey Graham, Mark Meadows, and others. So, you know, somebody would be coming through the front door. 
Now look, she gets uh, the, the Fulton County prosecutor gets a lot of uh, wind at her sail because she's already got the results of the special purpose grand jury, but she's still got to put on live witnesses, and so nobody saw them in March. But what people are speculating, and I think they're right, is that Fawny's going to wait until May. She's going to make the presentation because every two months there's a regular grand jury. She's waiting for May because she's not ready to go to trial. And if, if there's a two-month uh, uh, firing, you know, a gunfire, uh, starter pistol fire between end of grand jury and start of trial, and she's got to be ready just in case crazy as a fox Donald Trump and his lawyers decide to say, uh, we're not waiving speedy trial. We want our trial in 60 days. Then she's got to be ready as the prosecution to put her case on in 60 days. So that's why January, February, March, April, she's been working her case. She's been working her witnesses. She's been working her witness files. She's been working along with her investigators and line prosecutors to have her case ready to be tried, not just indicted, tried, knowing that once the grand jury in May ends its work, which would be at the end of May, She's got to be ready by July to try a case. But Donald Trump may not be that stupid and crazy. And he might say, no, I need to delay, delay, delay. But just in case, that would be a good strategy. There's another clock to be watching in Fulton County, Georgia, and that's May 1. That's an alternate theory that she, uh, because there is a motion to dismiss that was filed by Donald Trump's new lawyers in Georgia, uh, Finling and Little, Little and Finling, two lawyers down there, that they filed a motion to dismiss the indictment, arguing that, oh, the special pur purpose grand jury, which, by the way, isn't, isn't an indicting entity, um, th but that the special purpose grand jury's report, its recommendations, are so polluted, so corrupted by a process that they're complaining about, and pointing to things that the... Um, jury foreperson said in all of her multiple interviews and other things that have been reported in the paper, they're saying the whole process was polluted, whole process is corrupted, throw out the special purpose grand jury. But they're missing something. The, the prosecutor doesn't need a recommendation. It's nice to have. She asked for it. But she can just go clean into the regular grand jury in May, put on her evidence, put on her witnesses, put on her documents, text messages, emails, and telephone recordings of Donald Trump, of which we think she's got three or four, and walk out with an indictment. Who cares about what happened in the special purpose grand jury? But May 1, Judge McBurney, who's overseeing this whole process down in Fulton County, has told the parties and told Fawny Willis, be ready to argue against the motion to dismiss on May 1. What she could do, but I don't think she's going to, because I think it would have required her to have presented this case to the March grand jury, and I don't think she did. So some people are saying, maybe she'll surprise everybody and issue her indicting, her charging decision, and indict Donald Trump right before, like the end of April, right before May 1. I don't think so. I think she's going to argue against the special purpose grand jury report being um, uh, sort of vacated or uh, tossed out. And she's going to also remind the judge, I don't need a special purpose grand jury report in order to do my job as the prosecutor here. I'll just take it to the regular grand jury in May. I think that whole thing is much ado about nothing. So that, I think, May 1 comes and goes, and Judge McBurney, who's basically sided with Fawny Willis all along the way, will rule in her favor. She'll then present the case with her line prosecutors and her, and her investigators to the regular grand jury in May, who would then issue their... 
and they'd be asked to return an indictment sometime at the end of May. Now, the speculation is the other reason that she's working to build her case is because she is going for, Fawny Willis, a more complicated RICO, Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organization Act case, which, which gives her conspiracy uh, predicate acts, things underlying it, and it allows her to tie together various people, the fake electors, Donald Trump, Lindsey Graham, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, and put them all together in a criminal conspiracy, a RICO conspiracy. This is usually used for organized crime, where you have a what's called a hub and spokes, like a wheel of a bicycle. Donald Trump is the hub, and all these other people are connected to him through spokes on the wheel, and the wheel is the conspiracy. And here the conspiracy is to interfere with the Georgia election process, a crime. Now, Donald Trump, when he attacks Fawny Willis and goes after her and calls her racist and calls her an animal and says um, that she's after him because she's a Democrat not, and that he made one perfect phone call. How many times have you, have you heard the phrase, one perfect phone call from Donald Trump? If this was a drinking game, everybody would be completely inebriated. If this was, I get a dollar for every time he says it, I'd be a multi-billionaire. The problem with it is, it's not true. It's fake. It's, it's fake news, to be frank. Because there aren't just one phone call, there's at least four phone calls that Donald Trump made, most of which apparently have been recorded and played for the special purpose grand jury and the future regular grand jury. So the one he likes to focus on and the perfect phone call is when he made a phone call on uh, January 2nd of 2021, right after the election, and he called Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, and said, can't we just find 11,780 votes? That's all they need to overcome Joe Biden's electoral advantage. Can't we just find them somewhere, anywhere, just be, just between friends? And that's the one he says, that's my perfect phone call. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to throw out 11,780 11, properly casted votes and disenfranchise 12,000 people in Georgia. What's wrong with that? Okay, so let's go to the other phone calls that got recorded that he didn't know about when he when he told or he does know about but wants to ignore. He also called. It was recorded and played for the special purpose grand jury. We found out in January uh, he made a phone call to the late David Ralston, who was the before he died recently. He was the speaker of the House of the Georgia House of Representatives. And he said to, to Ralston, do me a favor. Listen to the irony on this one. Impanel a special purpose grand jury. Oh, just dripping with irony. And use that special purpose grand jury to throw the election in my direction and take it away from Joe Biden. What do you say, Dave? And Dave said, uh, uh, new phone, who's this? Uh, what he really said was, uh, can't do that, Mr. President. That's not going to work. And strike two. But recorded phone call, conspiracy, RICO, and crimes. And then he made a phone call to the governor, Governor Kemp. He said, Governor Kemp, help me throw the election in my direction. Fake electors, certify those fake electors. This is like family feud. Uh, no, I'm not doing that either. That that call is recorded. And then you got 18 total people who are the target of Fawny Willis's investigation, including all those fake electors, the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, and, and the rest, Lindsey Graham, and all of that. So the way you can tie all this together, and a prosecutor's dream, 
is to use conspiracy because it allows you to put up all your evidence at the same time and show the connective tissue between each of these people and their acts, everything in furtherance of the conspiracy. It's an organizing principle that the prosecutors can use in front of a jury to help teach them the case in a very to make a very complicated set of facts and, and actors and, and uh, a cast of characters more simple. And then you line it up against the Georgia uh, statutes and you show them how each of the elements of the crime of conspiracy, RICO, the racketeering uh, body of law that she's going to use, have all been satisfied and get probable cause yeah. and get the indictment returned so that you can then prosecute it. How do we know that Fawny Willis is moving closer and closer to likely a May indictment of Donald Trump while also watching with one eye open whatever's going on in New York? and all the attacks on Alvin Bragg and on the judge there, because she's gone to her own court personnel, and she's convened a meeting that's been reported, um, those that are on the inside, to beef up security protocols around her office to protect her and her staff. And because of how, if you've ever been to Atlanta, the proximity of all these public buildings are to each other. The DA's office is across the street from the Fulton County Courthouse, which is across the street from the Capitol you know, it's the Capitol building where all the legislators are. So if you, if anything blew up, it's a problem. So they want to make sure it doesn't. And so they're they're putting in security protocols now to protect Fawny, her staff, and others because of the threats that have been made by Donald Trump, which are borderline intimidation, a crime in Georgia against Fawny Willis, for which Ed. she could seek to have him indicted. Yeah, Leave that for now. Do I do another hot do take it. on that one. And, and to get ready for his time. calls for death and destruction, his calls for violence, his calls for his people to hit the courthouse steps, his calls for, for Donald, by Donald Trump and his surrogates, like his family members, to, to go after Phony Willis's family and husband and, and aunt and, and grandmother and whatever terrorism. else they can think of, and dox all them. You know, we live in a country where dozens of federal and state judges have been assassinated by bombings. Uh, by by shootings and other things, or if they haven't been hit, their family members or innocent bystanders have been hurt or injured or maimed or killed. That's judges, okay? It happens every, unfortunately, every day. It happens more than we let we care to admit. And so we don't want that to happen now. We don't want prosecutors to get assassinated because of Donald Trump's, you know, crazy, you know, stochastic, uh, uh, stochastic. Uh, uh, attacks static attacks, staccato attacks on prosecutors and their family. So she's doing that. So I think in summary, as long as we're talking about all these things, I think Fawny Willis is going to convene and go before the regular grand jury in May. She's going to fight off the motion to dismiss on May 1. She's going to win that. She's going to go into court the grand jury and get her indictment by the end of May, giving Donald Trump, if he wants speedy trial until July, you know, at that time to call for speedy trial, which would happen in July. Phony Willis, having used the time from January through July to get ready for a case, she'll be ready. Whether Donald Trump is ready or not, we're going to find out. If Donald Trump wants to delay, 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 and wants to push it off six months or a year, Phony Willis will fight him on that to set it. But this is, this is the next shoe to drop. We've got a lot of shoes dropping. Usually there's only two. With Donald Trump, it's like a centipede. First shoe to drop, Manhattan on the centipede. Second shoe to drop is Fawny Willis, racketeering, likely in May. Third shoe to drop, fourth shoe to drop, fifth shoe to drop, Jack Smith. 
Mar-a-Lago, intentional, intentional interference with, with Congress on Jan 6 and the peaceful transfer of power and the insurrection that happened then. The grifting of the $300 million by Donald Trump raising money on the back of a lie that, that uh, Joe Biden wasn't properly elected president of the United States. What am I up to? Five, five shoes have already dropped. And if you start adding civil side to this, the sixth shoe to drop is going to be the civil case, civil fraud case for $250 million by Letitia James, New York Attorney General. That yeah. trial starts October the 2nd in New York State Court in front of Judge Ngoron. That puts Donald Trump out of business permanently, permanent ban, <laughs> permanent ban on him being an officer director of a New York company and all of his children and 17 other uh, executives that worked around him. Takes away his ability to raise money in the corporate name and, and, and a huge fine. And then, if, and if you're looking for this, you know, the seventh shoe to drop of this centipede, and I'm sure I'll get to eight before this is over, you've got E. Jean Carroll going to trial April the 25th. Rape trial. Check my clock. Check my watch. Uh, 18 yeah. days from now, civil rape case against Donald Trump in federal court in New York. Nice. Uh, that's nice. going to trial. You might have heard other things, but civil rape and defamation of her by Donald Trump after he left office is going to trial. They're picking a jury the 25th of April. So keep an eye on all of this. I'm, I'm up to seven legs of the centipede and all these shoes dropping. Um, you know, what time is it? I'm sure before the hot take is over, there'll be an eighth. That's where we are. Keep an eye on Fawny Willis. She's keeping an eye on Donald Trump and everything he's doing and everything that Alvin Bragg in New York is doing. And Jack Smith is watching them all because he's got some Bigfoot abilities as a federal prosecutor to either uh, not so much take over prosecutions, but to jump in front of them and try his cases first. So he might be, hold this thought, Jack Smith might be the last to indict, but he might be the first to try his cases against Donald Trump. We'll watch him. I'll watch him, and I'll do hot takes like this about every day. I'm doing them about every hour now that we have. You know, we're in the era of Trump indictments, um, and then I co-anchor on Wednesdays and Saturday the leading podcast devoted to law and politics and that intersection. It's called Legal AF. It's on the Midas Touch Network, but you already knew that because you're here watching me on YouTube on the same network. So you can catch me there on Wednesdays and Saturdays, co-anchored by Karen Friedman Ignifolo, on who you can watch on all the major networks when she's not at home with us. She's a former uh, state prosecutor, Manhattan DA, and Ben Mysalis, the, the, the uh, co-founder of Midas Touch network and then i do hot takes like these and you can follow me on all things social media at ms popak this is michael popak legal af reporting lock him up indictment season is upon us celebrate with the new indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com <laughs> what a burn what a cut stick your finger up your Big lardy butts going down on the fucking. Hey, everybody, I got a great one today, you know, for a change. Harry Littman is my guest. Harry is a former U.S. attorney and deputy assistant attorney general. You may have heard me on Harry's podcast, Talking Feds, where yeah. every so often I join Harry and a couple of, of his other guests. You may have also seen Harry on MSNBC, where he frequently provides commentary on legal matters. So I asked Harry on specifically to talk about the whole scope of potential legal problems 
facing Donald Trump. Massive Boy, legal there's problems. a lot there. Nah, uh, I would. Nah, nah, nah. What a burn. Facing Donald Trump. Boy, there's a lot there. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of disturbed by the whole timeline on the charges uh, brought by Alvin Bragg. December? Uh, but Harry says uh, that might happen faster. The judge could bring it sooner, but still, he was talking September. But, uh, according to Harry, other stuff could happen faster, a lot faster. The Mar-a-Lago uh, classified documents case seems to be the one closest to fruition. There's uh, been a number of significantly... We are Grocery Outlet, and we are your Bargain Bliss Market. No, you're What's not. Bargain Bliss? You know that feeling you get when you find the name... ...bad developments there if you're Donald Trump. A lot of obstruction of justice. And his lawyer yep. uh, has to testify. A lot of fucking so terrorism. Uncharged. The first trial, and that it's going to be pretty cut and dried and very bad <laughs> for Trump. Fulton yeah. County, Georgia, a couple months ago, uh, Prosecutor Fonnie Willis said charges were imminent. I guess they're now more imminent, and that's uh, going to be a lot of indictments, Harry <laughs> uh, says. Harry can't imagine. That won't include Trump and the uh, phone call to Raffensperger, the one, of course, on audio tape, asking the Secretary of State to give him a break and find 11,780 votes, and then threatening him and his lawyer if uh, that doesn't happen. And there's a lot of shady people caught up in that, so uh, multiple indictments, possibly uh, RICO, racketeering, Yes. Uh, case of rac- racketeering charges. Then there's, yeah. of course, E. Jean Carroll, who has alleged that Trump raped her. Evidently, there will be some women testifying uh, to similar circumstances and them, and uh, two women, Carroll says, she told about the assault soon after she says it happened. Uh, that is a Fuck. civil case coming He's quite gonna soon. Run. Then there's the plot to replace acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen with Jeffrey Clark, uh, who is working on a scheme to cast doubts on the election results in order to steal the election. Uh, That one's extremely promising. (laughs) Then the big but complicated enchilada, January 6th, inciting, assisting, or aiding insurrection, uh, disrupting an official proceeding. Those seem kind of solid. Of course, there will no doubt be perjury charges in the trials where Trump is called as a witness. You know, as you go through these, you just think to yourself, what a horrible thing happened when this guy became president. And one of the reasons Stormy Daniels' payoff is so important is that he he would not have become president without it. Remember, he had just been caught on the Access Hollywood tape about grabbing women by their genitals, and Republicans were were bailing on him. The very last thing he needed was was it coming out that he had slept with an adult film actress while his wife was home Pregnant. with a newborn. So this oh, thing yeah. changed history, and Harry is pretty pretty confident that that one will lead to convictions on a number of Herbert. So you'll hear Harry paint a pretty colorful panorama of all the charges that Trump is almost certain to face and how they are likely to go down. 
Trump's going to be a, a busy guy while running for president again. Now, this seems, at the moment anyway, not to be harming uh, Trump and the Republican Party. Uh, quite the opposite. I, I, I don't know if that sustains as these things start to pile up, and we don't know when each will hit. But so far, he seems to be picking up support among Stop Republican voters and Republican officers around the country who just seem Stupid to be ass, doubling America. down on awfulness. In, in other news this past week, the Tennessee State House ejected two black male state representatives who, along with a third representative, a, a, a white female, had attempted speak on the need for new gun legislation after three kids and three adults were murdered uh, with uh, uh, an assault weapon at a Nashville school. All three of the legislators are Democrats. The the Republicans were able to amass the two-thirds majority to expel the two black male reps and fell short, uh, one short, on the white female, uh, putting a lie, I think, to sexism. The Republicans compared uh, what the three had done, uh, which was to echo what some young people who had come to peacefully demonstrate for gun laws in the gallery of the legislature. And the Republican representatives compared it to the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, it's that's because getting very they're crazy fucking terrorists. Y'all voted these motherfuckers in, stupid ass. Mental degenerates. elections, the margin has been uh, 20,000 votes or less. Gerrymandered, flush them all. After the election, which Republicans uh, swept Congress, overwhelmingly because limits, of the recession and all the lies about Obamacare, the Wisconsin state legislature became overwhelmingly and because 2010 was the census year, Republicans used the majority to lock in a crazily partisan man. And now, with a majority state Supreme Court, the progressives in the court can draw a new, actually fair map. Also, after the Dobbs decision, Wisconsin adopted an 1849 law that bans all abortions in Wisconsin, except in cases where the life of the mother is at risk. That issue, abortion, was on the Supreme Court ballot. And the new Supreme Court can reverse that 18 law. So that's what the Wisconsin Supreme Court race was about. Now, oddly, the Republicans picked up a seat in the state legislature in a special election uh, to fill a vacancy in a very Republican district. And that gives them exactly the numbers of state senators and representatives that they need to get this Recall a Supreme Court justice, and a couple of Wisconsin state legislators have floated doing that. So, this new progressive justice, just elected, with 55% of the vote in that election, Republicans are talking about recalling her before she's 
been sworn in. <laughs> I don't think that will happen. But the Republican Party has become so anti-democracy. That's a nice One way more. to put it. Republican state legislators in Georgia are considering bills that would lower the threshold for recall campaigns against county prosecutors, and there is talk of recalling Bonnie Willis, the Fulton County prosecutor. This is all very distressing stuff. The Republican Party is, is creeping more and more and more into areas that I would have considered unimaginable. This is, this is scary. But I think what you'll hear from Harry Littman will be heartening, if also just uh, quite sad. It's a great one. Good morning, goodies. You know. Hi. Hi, Mimi. How are you doing, huh? What I want you to do is sort of lay out, because we finally had an indictment, which is the, the Manhattan indictment. I want you to talk about what that is, but I want to do the whole scope of these and what we know and don't know, or mo mostly don't know, about what the whole scope of these are, which includes, of course, Georgia, possibly, and uh, the documents, and, of course, January 6th stuff, and uh, maybe others. So, uh, are you up to that? Uh, I'm good to go, Coach. Okay. Uh, why don't you uh, give me your general overview of where we are and where we're going and what we know and what we don't know. How's that? For the whole panorama, or you mean Brad, for starters? Uh, uh, let's do a whole panorama okay. with putting uh, Bragg in some uh, small context. So we'll probably double back uh, to this Absolutely. in a lawyerly way because there are uh, there's a lot of lawyerly uh, going on here. But Bragg has now you know brought his case. He really stayed. Uh, he's played. You could say he's played his cards close to his bed. Really, he hasn't revealed uh, some big questions about where he'll be going. He can do that under the law, and we'll get back to it. But there's a kind of tussle going on, even in the country, between people who want to trivialize it as a, you know, bookkeeping error, or at worst, payoff to one foreign star. You, you never uh, want to be having, you know, untested theory with this. It's not a bookkeeping error. Star. It was deliberate. The bookkeeping error is a bookkeeping error. And we'll get back to it. But it's normal in the law for the elements not to be the same as what you, the evil that you're getting at. And the evil, it's really clear that he's getting at, is an overall scheme to hide important information from the American people that might, in fact, have been pivotal in the election and gotten us Donald Trump. So it's a righteous case in that sense. All right, it is first, but it, I, it's going to be, I think... Last. It's going to be in December. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you want, me, you want a panorama or not? Then we can a panorama. A panorama. Panorama. So, it is first. I don't think it will be last because there's going to be complicated pretrial stuff and a clog right. in New York right. calendar. Okay. 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 Um, Fulton County has, it's always been clear, she's going to bring charges, complicated charges against a whole series of people. I think there's no doubt that's coming. <laughs> and then, just as we've all been <laughs> you know, breathless vigil in Manhattan, <laughs> uh, Jack Smith has made some really big strides in both Mar-a-Lago and even of late uh, January 6th. I actually see Mar-a-Lago as 
the most dangerous and if not the next out of the gate, I think the first one that will really go to fruition and trial. There's the panorama. Okay, great. And uh, there's not going to be any New York uh, state prosecutions in terms of uh, tax stuff and money stuff. I know that was a civil investigation, but it seemed like there might be criminal stuff there. I just wanted to include every fucking thing. Okay, so really an important omission on my part. The civil stuff, Al, is quite big. The New York AG won't ripen into criminal stuff because that's not her jurisdiction. But it is ruinous in every way, but, you know, going into the pokey, which is a whole separate question if that will ever happen anyway. So that is maybe the most immediately dangerous for him. And then Eugene Carroll is going to trial in a couple of weeks. And that's looking, you know, like uh, also really um, loaded uh, against him. And and that could be big. And then there are civil suits, including ones by former colleagues of yours in Congress, uh, over January 6th itself that have been green-lighted. And those are big. Uh, so, yeah, the panorama has to include uh, civil stuff, and especially the New York AG and Eugene Carroll could be huge. It'll be really interesting on Eugene Carroll if he, even, if he tries to just not show up and have a default judgment on liability, because he's, he's going to get so old. Yeah, if he shows up, then maybe that's worse for him. Uh, okay. Oh, boy. So, that's the panorama. Uh, why don't we explain, and, and I, I try to wrap my head around the Manhattan one yeah. in terms of the, the, the documents and about, can't even express uh, what it is. It's just that it becomes a felony if he tried to submit documents in a false way or something. Explain it to me. Yeah. Deep breath for your listeners, and it's not so hard. You've got really straightforward misdemeanor offenses where they took the payments to her, which were hush money, and mischaracterized them, try to camouflage them as legal services for Michael Cohen. So paid him off over many months, and Trump himself signs the uh, checks, including him. And these weren't legal services, technically. I don't think they were legal (laughs) services, actually. Okay, (laughs) I mean, they were uh, obviously payoffs. Yeah, and that's how they were, you know, it's it's totally clear this is where Cohen starts. Actually, uh, importantly, it starts before then. You, uh, it starts in 2015 when the head of the National Enquirer and Trump and Cohen get together and say, you know, hey, women are going to be coming out of the woodwork. Here's what we can do. We can so-called catch and kill, uh, right. buy their stories and never publish them. And they did that with Karen McDougal, a similar story, and then Stormy Daniels was handled differently. And, and, and that testimony, there will be testimony coming from Packer, who's the publisher, probably, right? Very, yeah, very uh, perceptive. That's right. And I think that's what happened at the end is everyone was like, what the hell? When's he going to bring it forward? He could have gotten the grand jury to vote, but he wanted Pecker to, you know. It, 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 Pecker, Pecker, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, how can you forget that name? Pecker. But he, um, I, uh, is, is, you know, he wanted. Way to go. Way to go, Harry. He wanted to emphasize. This is the point I, you know, I wanted the. 
that's important that he, Alvin Bragg, said at his press conference, you know, he wanted to emphasize the broader scheme because that's what really gets to the um, evil, to the democracy that basically, uh, you know, it was to cover this all up. Anyway, hang with me for 30 seconds on the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, the false paperwork anywhere... In the in the ledgers of of the inquirer and in check stubs, but also, you know, more more broadly in reports, that's a misdemeanor, a clean misdemeanor. And but under the New York law, if that is done in furtherance of another crime, it becomes a felony. Everyone's been waiting for a year. What is the other crime, Alvin Bragg? That's supposedly the big difference from when he mocked it a year ago. And his answer was, I'll tell you later. Uh, it's a it's a Delphic indictment that the indictment itself, the legal document, as opposed to the separate statement of facts, just says 34 times they did this in furtherance of another crime, and they don't specify which other crime. Now, it's really clear that there can't are... sense my confusion and inability. <laughs> and the countries and people and, and critics, yeah. right? But he doesn't have to. Uh, you know, the law just says you do it in furtherance of another offense. What well, could those be? Give, give me a okay. What would be? I can so, imagine so, what they are. When you were already three, he went for all of them, but he added one more. And so there are... The possibility, it's a federal campaign finance violation. Remember, Michael Cohen got did time for this. That's a problem, possibly, because it's not clear the New York state law where it says offense includes a federal offense. It's a problem. It's not, I it's think, a problem for Brad. Yeah, it's a problem for all of these have problems for Bragg. Well, I was thinking of it from Trump's point of view. I'm, I, I, you know, I feel for the guy, and I, I, I thought you were saying it's a problem for Trump, but it was that's a problem for Bragg. Yeah, all so Bragg had different things that seemed quite a little bit shy of a load, and he just basically said, as he's legally entitled to, but it does make head scratching. I'll choose later, or we can, I can do anyone I want, which is true. But okay, so what could they be? What could they be? one of them now. Give me a sec to say. So there okay. was there was state campaign finance, federal campaign finance, and a conspiracy for campaign finance. All of them are a little bit tricky, and we, I won't bore your listeners, but they can all give real arguments that Trump can make. But two points. First, he added one thing, and recall that Cohen paid 130 and was paid back 420. That's because there was another 50 grand he needed to be reimbursed for, and then they doubled it. Why? To make him hold on his taxes. And the crime is stated that you do it with an intent to further another offense. In other words, you don't have to actually have the false tax filing, but you're doing it to monkey around with taxes. That, and I think that's a, the most solid theory, and he added that one. Because that's why What's-His-Face is in jail. There's a business guy. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you know, for for the tax thing, same same thing. Well, yeah, well, sort of, yes. I mean, they did. That's true. They paid. Uh, it wasn't under this law uh, exactly, but yeah, he's. And in fact, he may figure in this trial. 
One other important point, you know how Trump loves to delay and, and he's had cases in federal court to make him or, or allies testify that he's been able to elevate to the Court of Appeals, even the Supreme Court. New York law basically doesn't permit it. They'll file motions to dismiss. Uh, and they'll also file a motion called a bill of particulars that says, could you please clarify a little so we can prepare our defense? But the judge, the same judge that he said, rail, hates him, railroaded Weisselberg. He's the one who's going to decide it. And only after he is convicted uh, from my Mershashem, I think is the, is the term I might want to use, would he be able to appeal it? If he's in, if he's acquitted, it doesn't matter anyway. So I think the deck for in terms of appeal and delay is sort of stacked against him. Okay, not sure I understood all that. Yeah, tell me what you did because I am trying to make it, but it's three ones that are all a little bit dodgy, and then I like this tax one because that is obviously why they did it to to do a false tax filing that it would be a uh, payment and income to Cohen rather than a business expense to Trump organization. Okay, so you think that's the most solid, but we don't know yet what he what they are. But that's what you're his position. I have this sort of on the QT. But their position's going to be, we don't have to choose ever. And the jury doesn't even have Wait to choose. Wait a minute. But he's saying it's in the furtherance of a crime. He's got to say what crime is in the furtherance Guess what? Of. He doesn't technically. As long as each juror, he's got to give them the evidence on all of them. But as long as each juror uh, finds a crime, it actually doesn't have to be the same one. That's New York law. It's the same thing. Well, that's oh, getting too lawyerly. But <laughs> as long as everyone agrees, it, the, the statute just says offense. If juror one thinks it's tax and juror four thinks it's campaign finance, that's a that's a valid conviction, believe it or not. Okay, but he's got to lay out campaign finance. Right, he's got to be okay. for all of it to find beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay, so he's got to present what it is. Either. That's right, or, or what they are. He's got to present what, what they, they are. are. Okay, okay. Uh, so there's that. And why is it going to be December? That's crazy to me. It, it is crazy, isn't it? But it, it is an important point that when everyone says first out of the box, we should be thinking about this a few months down the line, including Trump, like kind of wounded in the open field going, you know, as glowering and, and incensed as he was, you know, multiply it by or geometrically, you know, by three or four. Or four. So the New York calendar is very clogged generally, and the next motion, if it were just you and me and a lawsuit for a car accident, would be December. But a judge can set his own calendar, and this guy did. It's not lickety split, but the first motions are due in August with responses in September. God, you know, in the South, they used to like try someone in the day and then just hang them. Try, if, they, if they tried them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to Fulton County, because uh, we think I think that might be next. Okay. He said it was imminent, and that was only a few months ago. <laughs> yeah. um, and then she actually said, she said, oh, I meant legally imminent. That's a, I, I have a law degree, Al, and I've never heard that phrase. But... <laughs> I just think this. I mean, I said this with Bragg, too, at the end game when everyone was saying, hmm, is he getting cold feet? They've gone way, he had gone, had Bragg, way too far. You know, I said 100 times out of 100, this will be an indictment. And if it hadn't been, I'd have had to leave the country. And it's the same in Fulton County. 
um, except a much bigger case. And yeah. a kind of microcosm of January 6th itself. What happened yeah. over the post-election stuff, yeah. what happened in Georgia, you know, we know that the special grand jury recommended indicting like 15 people. We think it includes some real uh, winners like Mark Meadows.